With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time again for Land Sharks After Dark. A free-flowing conversation about the world of Old Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, joined as always by my co-host, John Stefanchik. What's up, John? Not much. Just recovering from a weekend down in New York City. Took a little trip. Ooh, that sounds like here. fun. Yeah, we had we had quite the time. Well, I guess we're gonna just we're gonna compare our weekend experiences here. The last segment tonight, I believe, is the plan. So yeah, so tonight on Landtrucks After Dark, we are going to talk, of course, about the Old Miss baseball team. Uh, kind of in the last leg of their season here. Pretty clear picture of what they need to do to make the postseason laid out for them. Uh, we'll, we'll hit all of that as well as the five games that Ole Miss played this last week. Uh, and then in our second segment, we're going to talk about SEC basketball and uh, how the league is really improving and kind of going all in on the sport lately. Uh, of course, we'll talk about Malik Newman committing to Mississippi State University. Uh, and then in our third segment, we are going to talk a little bit about our weekends. John was in New York City, as he mentioned, uh, took in a game at Yankee Stadium, I believe. And I was in Oxford um, for the Alabama series, and Double Decker also happened to be going on. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Before we get started, we just want to tell everybody, uh, we are, of course, a member of Rebel Sports Radio. That might be where you're listening to us right now, and if so, we appreciate that. Uh, I want to remind you to follow Rebel Sports Radio on Twitter, at Rebel Sport Radio. Uh, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rebel Sports Radio. You can also get the app uh, for iTunes or for Android. Um, and we got a, a quick promotion to get through here uh, from our great sponsors, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. If you're a regular listener, uh, you, you will have heard the first two weeks about this. But we're doing a little spring cleaning on our diet here. A few tips from Blue Cross to uh, replace some of the unhealthy things we eat with some healthier stuff. So this week, we're going to talk about snack foods. So this spring, let's make the switch to healthy snack alternatives. We're going to get rid of chips, pretzels, cookies, candy. And instead, let's do some things like raw almonds. I love raw almonds, John. That's probably one of my favorite snacks. Uh, walnuts, peanuts, pistachios, pecans. Uh, you can even splurge for popcorn without butter. Suck up on raw fruits and vegetables. Prepare snack bags of raw carrots, celery, broccoli, apples, and grapes. For more healthy living articles and advice from Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi, visit bcbsms.com. Remember, everybody, it's good to be blue. As I mentioned, uh, Ole Miss had a busy week in baseball. Five games total, two midweek. Started it out on Tuesday with just a complete shellacking of uh, University of Central Arkansas. Like The final score was something like 18-4. to Just kind of ran them out of the ballpark, which is really good to see from Ole Miss, who... Uh, has been struggling at the plate lately. I mean, even against inferior pitching, it was good to see the bats come alive a little bit. Um, and there was some hitting in the next game against Memphis and uh, Oxford. Ole Miss, of course, beat Memphis earlier in the season at AutoZone Park. We talked about that at length um, after that happened, but they weren't as lucky this week. They fell 10-5, to just could not find the timely hits, and they needed them. Had a lot of opportunities um, with runners in scoring position, less than less than two outs, but... 
couldn't move them over. It kind of been the story of the season so far. Um, on the weekend, they faced Alabama, as I mentioned, and they, they did get the series win, which was huge. Um, a series loss at this point would have really made things difficult for Ole Miss moving forward, trying to stay a game above 500 at the end of the season. Um, the, the first game, uh, there's actually a doubleheader on Saturday. They won that one 10-2, big offensive performance, um, and, and came back and played really well in the second game as well, won it 4 to nothing. although it was 1 to nothing in the eighth inning and a, a couple of big home runs from Sykes Orvis and Austin Knight actually uh, stretched that out to a much more comfortable lead in the end. Um, and then on Sunday, Ole Miss got smoked pretty much, kind of common this year. The only Game 3 win for the Rebels was against Vanderbilt. Uh, to backdoor that series, but really looking for the sweep this weekend. Could have used the help in the win-loss column, but it just was not going to happen. Um, how much baseball did you get to watch this week, John? I caught pieces of the game on Sunday coming back, and uh, which probably so I'm I'm convinced I'm a jinx for Ole Miss baseball because I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch any of the doubleheader on Saturday. Yeah, I did see a replay of Sykes hit a bomb, hit that bomb. We'll talk about that oh later, my goodness, I guess, yeah. in the beer shower report. But, yeah, he killed that ball. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, uh, that was one of the best one of the best home runs I've watched from right field. And, of course, you love seeing Sykes at the plate when you're out there as a, as a pull hitter. You know that ball is coming straight for the student section. So, that was an exciting moment. And I mentioned Austin Knight. That was his first career home run. And um, would you believe it, his next at-bat on Sunday, he hit another one. So the senior catcher, uh, no home runs, and his first something like 180 played appearances for the Rebels, something like that. And then he had two back-to-back, so that was pretty cool to see. Yep, definitely. I mean, it was it's good to see that with his senior, you know, kind of having who's, – who's really he's, – he's starting to play better down the stretch here. And the offense in general has slowly picked it up. They were they were not the problem this week. It really, there's a couple mm-hmm. – Couple pitching issues with their loss. Although I'll say, I guess looking at the Memphis game, I did I caught a, a good portion of that, and they had they fell behind early. I think they had a couple. They had a bad inning error wise defensively early in the game, and then I can't remember. Might have been the fifth and the sixth, or the sixth and the seventh inning. They had the runners in scoring position both innings, and were unable to get a big single or a double in the gap to drive them home and really make that game to tie that game or take the lead and then mm-hmm. Memphis tacked on a few runs late. That was a missed opportunity. And then obviously Trent and Bramlett were both terrific on Saturday during the double decker double header. They not only did they put up zeros, they went deep into the game because of the bullpen, which proved to be all for naught because we, we, t- we talked about putting Will Stokes in the Sunday starter spot and he's been, we were hoping, I guess I was hoping it would see gradual improvement over the course of the yeah, year. But Scenes inconsistency. Nah. We've seen flashes like the Vanderbilt. His Vanderbilt outing was very good. Yeah, the, LSU, def- the LSU start wasn't bad, if I recall. No, and he's he's had he's definitely shown flashes to where he has the tools, but it's just being in that role. And I mean, you do think about it. I mean, Bobby Wall was the closer his freshman year, and coming in as a true freshman and starting in the SEC is a very difficult chore. So. I mean, Hope- Sam Smith has more starts than anybody in the SEC, and the pressure's too much for him a lot of times this year. So it's hard to blame a freshman like Stokes. Yeah, I think I don't think Sam ever recovered from the sports hernia surgery or something's been. Yeah, no, I mean, when you watch him pitch now, it looks like it hurts him every time he breaks one off. Like it, when he comes down on that that plant foot, it just looks like it hurts. Yeah, it's definitely it's kind of hard to see. I mean, they. They've really, I mean, Stokes' role was to be a, a bullpen tool, but then with Sean Johnson being out for the season and Sam being, and Sam struggling with the, I guess I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think Sam's ever gotten hundred percent. Basically, they have two starting pitchers hurt, 
So that's four Stokes to go into a start Sunday starter role, and it's really been a it's been an up and down roller coaster. But who, the, else, the, who else is hurt? Uh, Tarkington's out, right, with an injury. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, basically they've lost. I mean, we'll, we'll say Sam is half of is half an injury, so we'll say that's two and a half of key arms that are out for the year. And they've had other guys that haven't quite taken the step and contributed. Like you would have hoped that Matt Denny could give you a little bit right. more in a situation as a senior, role. yeah. Maybe somebody else. I feel like Robeson and Mitchell Babb will be good. I think, yeah, be they've been they've good. been good in the work. I think I'm getting this right. I think Babb is a freshman and Robeson's a JUCO. I think. I think I think it might be the other way around, but regardless, oh, okay, they're both back next year. I, I could be wrong about that, but they're both back, and I think yeah. they'll be able to step up. I mean, getting Tarkington back will be good next year. So, but that. That's next year, I guess. Looking at and Sean Johnson back next year, and Sean Johnson. Yeah, Robeson came from Iowa Western. Let me look up Mitchell Babb. I think he's a JUCO too, so they're probably so both, they're both JUCOs, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, and Mitchell Babb came from Meridian CC. So yeah, those are both JUCO guys, freshman arms, uh, Stokes, like we were talking about. I don't know. We'll have more time to talk about this in the off season, but if you can find the pitching next year, I mean, I, I got to think you feel good about the bats. I think they're really coming. These young guys are really coming on this late in the season. Yeah, I would think Golson and Watson and those guys would definitely take a step forward. Bortles, Bortles is going to be a freaking boss, man. That yeah. he's he is seeing it right now. He's red hot. And Connor, Connor Cloyd too. Connor Cloyd next year. Yeah, Connor Cloyd's been very good. Even even I think Deshaun had a four hit game this weekend as well. No, I, is, I like Deshaun a lot. I wish there was another year of eligibility left for him because um, yeah. he's really just now becoming that everyday contributor. Is more of just yeah. a base runner in the past, but he's been really good this season. That was a move that I didn't like. Um, it was that the, the Sunday game? I think he pulled Deshaun to bring in Joe Waynehouse and. I don't know. I mean, I think Wayne House probably has a lot of power hitting potential, but every time I've seen him at the plate in clutch situations, he has taken a couple strikes and then swung in a ball exactly what he did and struck out with the bases loaded, I think. Yeah. He'll, he'll replace Sykes next year from as far as the power lefty component of the lineup, but he'll, he needs another year to iron mm. out. But we're talking about next year. As we look, as we focus in on the remainder of this year, so Ole Miss is 23 and 22 overall. They need to be, as we've talked about, they need to be two games over 500 in the regular season so they can go to Hoover and lose. And I mean, literally throw the game so you can't, so you can just rest up for your regional because there's no, there's no point sticking around Hoover any longer than you have to. So, with that being said, they need to go six and five down the stretch. They have three conference series at Missouri this weekend, then home against State, and then home against A&M. So you have two, two, two at home, and then a road series against Missouri. Who? The, who theoretically Ole Miss should match up well with because Missouri pitches well, but is, low, is a is a low scoring team. Very similar profile to Ole Miss essentially. So can can Trent and Bramlett go and win games essentially that they're kind of built to go win? That'll be that'll be the key. And then all, what, what, how does Sunday play out? Who knows? We'll see how that goes. But the key the key the two mid the two midweek games left are at Arkansas State on May twelfth, which you would think that you would think they should win that game, but the Really, if you, you look at the schedule and it's a swing game, is that that'd be the Governor's yeah. Cup tomorrow in Pearl? And I think state starting Ross Mitchell, I believe Ole Miss mm-hmm. is to be announced. It'll be interesting to see what Bianco does. It who does he go to? It could. It, I mean, my guess would be. I bet it's, I bet it's, it's Sam. Sam. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. I think it's Sam Smith. And I wouldn't be shocked to see Weathersby start on Sunday this week. I think Mike's. I think the. We, we we were fans of the Stokes experiment, but we've kind of seen it plateau and don't want to 
hurt his confidence too much. I really Stokes like can, I like having Scott in the bullpen though. I think you might see Waggis back on Sunday. That would be the possibility as well. Basically, Waggaspec can go through the order one time. Stokes right. can go through the order one time. I think if you put them together, you can. Well, you could pitch. You could pitch. You could probably start Sam tomorrow, and mm-hmm. he'd be available to pitch once through the order on Sunday. And then yeah. you could really just. I mean, I think you stop trying to find the starter that can go deep, and do you have enough guys? Uh, hopefully, left in the bullpen if you if you do a good job managing the first two days to kind of rotate basically four four arms through there. I think that might be the way to go. Yeah, the other thing too is they do not have a midweek next week because of exams. So if you were ever to really kind of push a couple push a guy on Sunday at Missouri, you could do yeah. it because you basically you've got, you got a whole week until, to recover. You yeah. got until Thursday, which right. depending on how you set it up, I mean, not playing until Thursday night, and realistically, it's going to be wider for Scott coming in. The, to face to back up Christian, to follow up Christian in that game. So, mm-hmm. interesting to see how Mike handles this. Obviously, the, the key too is that the offense really needs. Like we talked about the the Sunday game against Alabama, all the pitching stuff really kind of fell apart. But like the Memphis midweek game this past week, that that's an example of a game where the offense needs to step up and hit their way to a win. And to, if they really want to make a, if they want to solidify themselves and make the tournament. They need. To, they're going to need to have that in a couple games here down the stretch and. This yeah. Governor's Cup game definitely has that profile written all over it. I agree. I mean, it's like you said, you, you really – Mississippi State is not a talented offensive team. Uh, they don't have much of a, a scary pitching staff. Um, if Ole Miss finds a way to lose tomorrow night in peril, um, it's like you said, it's a swing game. I mean, I really think that that is kind of the difference in having enough of an edge to make that regional and maybe even you know win a couple games there versus just quietly kind of folding at, down the stretch. Um, I was listening to uh, the Old Miss beat on Noble Sports Radio uh, with Paris Alford and John Davis, and they were making the point that I thought was interesting, which is, uh, yes, Old Miss really needs these wins down the stretch, but so do their opponents. Um, Missouri just got swept at Vanderbilt. They're going to be desperate for some wins at home. Mississippi State, of course, always wants to beat Ole Miss, and John Cohen is not having a great season. You know he wants those wins. And then Texas A&M is, is going to be fighting to hold on to that national seed. So uh, definitely not an easy 11 games here to finish out the season. What's the number, John? Ole Miss needs to win 6 of 11, is that right? Yep, 6 and 5 down the stretch. So, so you let's can do that. Go, let's say, let's can, say yeah. they win Arkansas State. We'll get rid mm. of that. Yep. Let's say they win the series with State at home but lose one game. So we're at 3 and 1 right now. Yep. Uh, win the Governor's Cup, 4 and 1. Lose the series to Missouri, 5 and 3. Yep. And then all you have to do is win one against A&M. And, um, yep. I guess so you're six really, and five. Really? So, so what you just did was basically effectively one other way to look at it is they have four games against State down the stretch. They need to win three of them. Yeah, if they, they can win go, three games against State, they'll have to win one against Missouri, one against A&M, and beat Arkansas and State. Beat Arkansas State. So, yeah, I so agree. So, really, Ole Miss's postseason kind of hinges on how well they can play against Mississippi State for four games. Pretty interesting. Correct. Pretty interesting. Four, four out of the 11 games. So this will They're be, all happening in the next uh, 10 days. Yep. So yeah, that's that's an exciting storyline to watch. Uh, John, you got the SEC standings pulled up. Let's look at uh, the rest of the league's postseason hopes. Let's look at it. Yep. So Vandy, who we were talking about, was a little bit. Seems like they've been a little bit of slide the past couple of weeks. I, I didn't. I don't have who they played this week. It looks like they swept. They swept, they swept Missouri. That's what I was saying. Okay, that's right. Yeah, put two two together. Duh. So yeah, they're fifteen and six overall, best record in the league. LSU is half a game back at fourteen and six. Uh, those two, two teams lead the East and the West, respectively. 
LSU took two out of three from A&M this weekend, I believe. So they're yeah. in a Alex box. I believe I saw saw that yeah, game it was actually I on think, ESPN. I think the bar I was pre-gaming the Yankee game which I noticed they were showing college baseball which is interesting don't really expect that in yeah, New York, Ole, Miss, but... Ole Miss got on the flagship yesterday it seems like every time Ole Miss is on ESPN we just get destroyed yeah we don't do well on ESPN so we need to we need to change that deal but anyway so Florida's 13 and 8 they're solidly in I don't know you have the RPIs pulled up Justin yeah I got, put I, some got, R- I got RPI who do you want you want Florida Florida yeah Okay, Florida. Yeah, so they is, na- are they at nationals? At eight. So yeah, they're they're so right they're there. on a national seed board. Or don't have their schedule in front of us. Okay, so can... yeah, possible national seeds in the SEC: A and M at four, LSU at five, Florida at eight. Yeah, uh, and then Vandy's at fourteen. Yeah, so Auburn's, they... at, Auburn's at nineteen. Yeah, they're they're not they're ten and eleven in conference play, so they're not a national C tournament. Unless they just get no, no, silly no. hot I mean, down the stretch. Not not a national C by any stretch, but I think they're going down the stretch. I mean, who knows? But pretty yeah. impressive for Galloway's second season in Auburn. We're kind yeah, of they're going to make the tournament barring a collapse. So I give them credit. They've done a good. And they they have a decent, a pretty good team. I mean, they could go and knock somebody yeah, off in a region. Let's see. I didn't it. enjoy playing them at all. They were nope. they were tough. Yeah. Missouri at twelve and nine. They're and RPI. Right. They're at fifty one. John Missouri. Yeah, is. that's their overall records. Not. I mean, if they have a five hundred better conference record, they'll get in. But but they'll be they'll probably be one of the last ones. And I think they're out of conference is really poor based on the RPI and the uh, SEC record correlation. Kentucky's at ten and ten. That's twenty five and seventeen overall. That has bubble written all over it. Yeah, they're thirty in the RPI. Yeah, so they're they're in at this point. South Carolina nine and twelve conference record twenty six nineteen. Oh, they're sixty eight in the RPI. They uh, that's out clearly, which is interesting. Carolina's in such a good run over the past few years. It, they started kinda, out. They started out ranked really high this year. It's I think that was just a legacy ranking, yeah. which I mean they're, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Kind of like you I mean Ole Miss pitching was going to get the benefit of the doubt until you saw that it wasn't. Wasn't there, and they've and really, really almost pitching would have been okay this year if it hadn't been for injuries, as we mentioned earlier. But regardless, so yeah, Carolina's, it would have been, been interesting to see what this team's overall record was if Sean Johnson was was healthy. Yeah, because they, I mean, they didn't even have Bramblin in the rotation uh, pencil in the preseason projections. Because, right, assuming Sam and both Sam and Sean Johnson were healthy, so that would would yeah. Be imagine Brady Bramblin as your Sunday starter. Yeah, exactly. Oh my, oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, sorry. Keep going, John. Yeah, so Tennessee seven and fourteen uh, conference record, eighteen twenty one overall. They're, They're clearly 80, out. Eighty three in the RPI. That is a series loss that if you're an Ole Miss fan, you just shake your head at. Like that, you, mm-hmm. losing two out of three to them at home is just simply. That wasn't one of the games like two to one or something. I can't remember. They. I can't either. That was, was a bad series, though. Yep. Yeah. And Georgia six and fourteen, twenty one and twenty three overall. So. They're clearly outside. They're, yep. I guess, the two potential, the three teams at the bottom of the standings that may miss Hoover. Georgia's currently last, and Tennessee and Mississippi State are both seven and fourteen. Uh, we'll start, I guess, from the bottom of the West. Well, Georgia's, just, Georgia's definitely out, right? Georgia's pretty much screwed. They're, yeah, they're barring something. Barring I, some I think they have the a tough. I think they have a tough stretch, dude. On the end, they got Florida at home next too. It looks like here, according to D one baseball. So yeah, yeah they're probably getting swept. Yeah. This next weekend, or at least lose two out of three at home. So, it's the West. We have LSU up top. I believe you said they had the fifth RPI. Based off their series win over AM, LSU is probably the best national seed resume in the SEC right now. Although AM is 
right there too. Thirteen and seven in the league, thirty-seven and seven overall. That's that's national seed worthy. Yeah, Arkansas, who started, so I believe Arkansas started at one and five in the league. I know they they opened up with LSU and I believe Vanderbilt was their two opening series, the two division leaders. Start off one and five. They have since gone. What is that then? It'd be ten and five. The past fifteen conference games, rally twenty six eighteen overall. So they're they're in as a two. They'll be a two seed for sure. They go to Alabama, be there, which they'll be playing in the. So hey, John, looking here. at um, looking at yep. looking at A and M, who almost mm-hmm. has to play for our last series. Yeah, they're, they're twenty eight and four at home, three and zero neutral, but they're only six and three on the road. So they haven't played. Not, many, haven't played only six and games. three is quite the compliment. But no, I, no, no, I, no, I, no, I see I, what you. I see what you're saying there, though. Yeah, I'm just the saying. Is, is there, I'm saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, I, Ole Miss should t- between Trent and Brown. You would think Ole Miss could put you get a game out of that series. You would kind of expect that to happen almost. So yeah, Ole Miss is at 34 in the RPI today. Um, eight and eleven on the road, twenty three and twenty two overall. They have their top fifty record listed by chance. I don't know which not, one you're looking at. I'm looking at the official NCAA. They did not have that listed. They don't have it listed um, out that way. That, that's all. Ole Miss's stats, the top fifty win loss record, is fantastic. I want to say it's around five hundred for the top. It 50. might be over, but they, they, they have a lot something of something like eight, eight, and nine, maybe something. Like yeah, that. they have a lot of wins in that category. So though, and their strength of schedule, which won't, it'll fall a little bit, but it'll still be a top 10, 15 schedule at the end of the year. So, I guess yeah. all, you have the Arkansas and Auburn RPIs. In front yeah, of yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, yeah. Alabama, who Ole Miss just took the series from, is at yeah. 46 today in the RPI. They were yeah. 31 they're, before the weekend. Auburn's at 19. Um, they, they, you know, if Auburn, depending on who they get down the stretch, they could, they've got an RPI and a potentially they could get hot and. I don't, I don't think they can. They probably they can get to a host spot. Let's see if I can Arkansas is at forty eight in the RPI. Surprisingly, wow, that's interesting. It's that's twenty six and eighteen overall. I don't have beat anybody conference. good. Is what that what's means. their What's their conference record? Uh, they are, know, didn't they take two from 11, LSU? Though? They're eleven and ten. No, they took one. Mm. So they started. They started off one and five and have rallied, but I guess their schedule haven't. They took two from Ole Miss, two from State, one from LSU. Hmm. So I would think the rest of their schedule is tough then if their RPI is low and they've recovered from that. So they probably have A&M. Down. I imagine they have A&M one of these last three weekends. Maybe. I'm trying to think. Okay. Um, I think we I think we covered everybody. What's state's RPI? Is it inside or outside? Right, the it's at, right at 100 today. They're number cool. number 100. So they're, they're going to be a triple-digit RPI. Which wait, wait is, do, they have, do they have the same record as Ole Miss? Uh, almost. Ole Miss is twenty three and twenty two. State is twenty three and twenty one. And that's yeah. after starting. What was it like thirteen and 0, 16 and 0, something? something like yeah, they were all they were all giddy about their record. Well, you know, um, you know, they were supposed to play in a tournament, and they pulled out like three days before. Apparently, because Cohen knew that that they weren't gonna be that good, and he wanted to pile up some uh, cupcake, some cupcakes. I before, have not heard about this before the it. fall from grace. Yeah, it was something about weather or travel or something. They decided not to go to a tournament with a few other ranked teams, and uh, that was right in the middle of that thirteen and zero start, I think. Gotcha. So yeah, that's so something that's to look the for. league. Looks like I mean they're going to get around ten teams in. I would think probably about uh, I'll say ten, probably nine, about a nine bid year for the SEC. So interesting to see how it all unfolds and. Like we've said for Ole Miss here, they need to go six and five down the stretch, and essentially that that's going to require going three and one against State, which 
this isn't. I mean, state state hasn't had a very good year, but this isn't the best Ole Miss team either. They they're not they're not perfect. So that's it's going to be a little bit of a chore. And if I'm, it's going to come down to a game either way, Justin. It really feels that way to me. As far as does this team get to two games over five hundred not in the regular season? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they've kept it disclosed the whole way down the stretch. Uh, literally one game above five hundred right now. I think last time we talked, they were at five hundred. So I mean. I think it's going to stay this close all the way down. I, I, we'll have a next time we talk, we'll have a better idea um, because we'll have uh, Missouri and the game against State behind them, and we can pretty much. I mean, at that point, if Ole Miss is, if Ole Miss loses three games in the next week, it's it's over. I would think. Yeah, they would be, or they'd be in a huge hole, and but essentially, they would need to come back and sweep State the next weekend yeah. because you don't. Asking for more than a game against A and M is a huge order. I would not expect it. I don't. And even if you if you have to have a game against A and M, that still makes me nervous. Yeah, but that's probably where they're going to end up at. But regardless, we'll see how it unfolds. Yeah, I I don't think that Ole Miss is is capable of really sweeping anybody this year, but we'll see. Yep. Um. Okay. So yeah, look for the Governor's Cup tomorrow. I doubt there's any TV, unfortunately, because that's actually. it's funny. It, it, one of the probably one of the first times in recent memory that both State and Ole Miss have been this bad at baseball in the Governor's Cup. Uh, but at the same time, it's made for kind of a more meaningful game than usual because both teams have. Well, I wouldn't say State has a lot to play for besides the fact that they want to beat Ole Miss, but Ole Miss has everything to play for at this point. Whereas in the past, we know how little Mike Bianco usually emphasizes midweek games. So, should be a good game tomorrow for uh, for Ole Miss. You can get the radio call uh, online or if you live in Mississippi on the radio. Um, That's mostly it on baseball for this week, though. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the SEC trying to raise its profile in basketball um, and and some of the different things that are going around around the league. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Get your game on. Get your your game on. Get your game on. Get your 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 game on. Welcome to Mississippi 511. You guys ready for the game? MDOT Traffic says it's all clear. Well, let's go. Check MDOT Traffic before every game on the website, the smartphone app, or just dial 511. Wait a minute. Have you got the tickets? This is Dr. Stephen Cochise, and I want to talk to you about performance rehab. When you're injured playing sports or on the job, your goals should be quicker recovery times and better performance. Standard physical therapy can get you to your goal, but performance rehab goes one step further. How? Many doctors like myself are discovering the enormous benefits of aquatic therapy. All four locations of performance rehab offer the Aquagator underwater treadmill system, the most advanced state-of-the-art aquatic therapy program in the state of Mississippi. As a physician, I think you deserve the best, don't you? So when your doctor suggests physical therapy, tell them you want performance rehab. Visit their locations in Ridgeland, Byram, Richland, or the Reservoir, or call 601-899-0002 for an appointment. Workman's Comp is accepted. Performance Rehab, the way physical therapy was meant to be. What does it mean to be healthy, to reach new heights, to find joy in adventure? 
Now's the time to know you have a partner on your journey. The compassion of a cross. The security of a shield that opens doors to a healthier life. Giving you the strength to live like anything is possible. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. Woohoo! I say sports fans. Ole Miss fans, you wouldn't want your team playing with outdated equipment. We don't want you to use an outdated app. Our new app has more features, more content, and an easier interface to keep you connected to your team. Go to the iTunes store now and download the latest version of Rebel Sports Radio. Rebel Sports Radio has done the work. You prepare to play. All right, and we're back. So, of course, this last week, um, if you follow sports in the state of Mississippi at all, you saw that Malik Newman has chosen to play his perhaps one year of college basketball uh, in Starkville for Ben Howland. Um, Just really a home run hire, John. Howland has already come in and made a huge impact, totally turned around the attitude in Starkville. Um, You know, a mere, how long has it been since he got hired? Five weeks ago, month ago, uh, feels like about two week, two or three weeks ago. But yeah, I guess I think it's been a little bit longer. But yeah, state fans were suicidal almost. Uh, Basically, I mean, John, I'm I'm not a sexist, but I am a sports fan. And Mississippi State was selling out women's basketball games. That's that's not the sign of a program uh, in the midst of a, a high period. You know, but uh, so I guess we should be happy. We should be happy for them that uh, they have a men's sport that they can enjoy and watch that isn't Dak Prescott led. Um, but this isn't sour grapes. Congratulations to Mississippi State. Congratulations to Malik Newman. Um, from everything we've heard, he will be. I don't know how to say this. Happy with his uh, time in Starkville. I think he might have picked up a sponsor in the last in the last week. I think we might be seeing Malik Newman wearing Adidas in the future, but we'll find out as time goes on. We'll see um, how elite of a player he can be at the college level. I think he will have a big impact, although I don't know. John, what's your opinion on one player taking a team that didn't make any kind of tournament last year? You know, how much of an impact can one player really have year to year? That's my question. Well, he, well, especially a point point guard position where Newman plays and his ability to score, which I mean, the college basketball today it's difficult to score and there's not a lot ton of offense. So he he fits. The, he basically is the mold of a player that can come in and have a tremendous impact. And mm-hmm. that, this immediately puts state in NCAA tournament contention. And I I can understand the frustration of you and a lot of people that you know down at down in Jackson, the Mississippi area, that deal with it. The, from an Ole Miss perspective, to handle the state Ole Miss interactions on a daily basis, but I guess from up here, I mean, really, you, just, you have to tip your cap to state. They made a good hire. They took adva- They they managed to merge their relationship with Adidas into a Howland, which and let and just to put this on the record, I mean, basketball recruiting in general is very much tied to shoe contracts and AAU coaches. There's a clear opportunity to fundle resources and or i mean just to put it really blunt you can funnel cash to to coaches and, and then who can funnel the players really easily everybody does this i mean this isn't like state got dirtier than every competitive else. every competitive program yeah every competitive program does it so and in some ways it's already i mean the adidas contract versus Ole Miss's nike contract works to state's advantage in basketball because 
Ole Miss is, I mean, Kentucky is clearly Nike's number one college basketball team to where if you think about it from a Adidas perspective, who are their, who are their top schools and states much higher up Adidas's priority list than Nike is on Ole Miss's list. For- Ole Miss is on Nike's. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, who are the, the flagship Adidas schools? We're talking about Notre Dame, right? Or do they switch to Under Armour? I can't, I think they switched. And they used to, Michigan, I think, went back to Nike as well. Yeah, well they Nike's got, they basically run off a lot of people. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, or Adidas, if I'm not Adidas. Face, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they still have UCLA. I think they have State. They have Kansas. Kansas is probably their flagship basketball school. But I mean, State's basically their flagship baseball program. So really, having Adidas has really worked out for State, aside from, you know, having uniforms that aren't just god-awful. But besides that, uh, having Adidas has worked out pretty well for them, especially here with this Malik Newman deal. Um, It's really looking like Adidas probably steered Ben Howland and uh, Scott Strickland into into talks together. And um, yeah, just what a great move. Great hire. Um, Maybe some question marks on some other SEC hires. I think we mentioned Avery Johnson being hired at Alabama. Um, people seem a little less bullish on that one. Uh, I know he's a former NBA player, former NBA coach. I don't know too much about him, except that his actual coaching chops themselves might not be the strongest. He's definitely brought some energy to Tuscaloosa. Um, I have an, an Alabama friend uh, who has been complaining about Anthony Grant for years. He was ecstatic when they hired Avery Johnson. But uh, the SEC is definitely stepping up its investment in basketball, like we mentioned. Bruce Pearl last year being hired by Auburn. Um, of course, you got John Calipari at Kentucky, Ben Holland at State. Um, looking at recruiting around the SEC, Malik Newman's not the only uh, big-time recruit going to perhaps not the most traditional basketball powers. Um, LSU has the best class in the country next year. Of course, you know LSU had Shaq, but still, they're not. Uh, they, they have Glenn Davis and uh, Tyrus Thomas there. That, that I think I believe it was 06 They made the final. Yeah, it was the year. Yeah. First year of the back-to-back Florida titles, they made the Final Four. So, so yeah, LSU's a, a great, it's a good basketball school, but they're not a year-in, year-out Kentucky kind of contender. They're, they're not good enough to have the class they have now, historically. Johnny Jones is recruiting them now. Are they going to get? Are they going to develop any and get coached coach a bit better? That's a whole different story. But Johnny Jones has proven to be a good recruiter. I mean, the, LSU already is a very talented team athletically, and they, they're going to be that much more athletic athletically gifted next year so, so right looking ahead to next year we got kentucky at the top of the league gotta put lsu up there as well uh my big question mark from teams that were good this year is what's going to happen to arkansas next year i mean bobby portis is going pro uh qualls is going pro i don't know about um what's his face the 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 local kid that was it madden maybe that's his name kai madden yeah I'm not I'm sure, not sure either. I would think with you would think with Mike Anderson's been there long enough where he could have you know he could have replacements lined up, and I you expect them to be a tournament. But a tournament the thing, team the thing about year, him but, is you only really saw like three guys scoring points for him this year. I mean, he might have replacements waiting in the wings. I just haven't seen him. Yeah, that's true. But it, so many basketball teams face that issue yeah. now, given the roster turnover and the way the the way the league works i mean there's, i mean there's a whole i mean this is a whole separate conversation we won't really get into it but i mean college basketball is a product is, i was gonna i was gonna say did you see the news today um the head of the rules committee told espn that the shot clock is gonna go from 35 to 30 seconds well good that needs to happen they they need to initiate more action and offense in this in college basketball and that's that's a step in the right direction i almost wish they were going to like 28 or 27 i can understand not wanting to be 24 
is because there should be some kind of transition between high school and the At NBA. At 24, but... you're going to see a lot of bricks and a lot of missed shots. You're going to see a lot of turnovers, opinion. too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Trying, trying yeah. to run pace, but regardless. But, yeah, that needs to happen. But, I mean, you look at – look at right now i mean really it's built to basically set up and have a 64 team bracket in march that appeals to different offices and people group, groups are able to get together now you have fantasy sports online like you can use draftkings.com for example to go on and, of course draftkings.com yeah get your draft on exactly to go and compete and you and run these different fantasy brackets so it's fantasy fantasy teams and whatnot but you see it's really it's kind of the, the the fun of filling out your bracket in the NCAA tournament has really kind of masked the the flaws in the product from a regular season perspective, and it's good to see that the rules committee is now taking steps to hopefully make the regular season more exciting to where the actual basketball itself is is quality. It's not just a game and played in a mediocre level. It happens to be close and have an exciting finish. So mm-hmm, that's good to see. So I guess Justin, you, we mentioned this. I mean, the SEC over the past two or three years has really stepped up now with their their uh, commitment to basketball. They've seen the exposure that the NCAA tournament provides and whatnot. I know when Marshall Henderson led him to a championship in Nashville, that was only, I mean, it was Missouri, Ole Miss, and not, not Kentucky, excuse me, Florida were the three SEC schools, and they got bids. And Ole Miss was really pretty much on the very edge of the bubble until securing automatic bid with their win over Florida that day in Nashville. And non-conference uh, strength of schedule and, and scheduling was a really an issue, but now they, I guess I, I forget the name of the individual but really, Ole Miss was... hired, but they've, they've made a commitment to get to improving their data conference schedule and it showed up. They've got yeah. more teams in the tournament this past two years. And then now that's with true. the co- coaching and the players are bringing in, I mean, it's been, it's going to be exciting to watch SEC basketball unfold. Right. And with all the TV coverage and the SEC network and all of that, it's easier to recruit to you have just as much media exposure as any other conference. Um, and yeah, I think the SEC is going to be more of a mainstay of the NCAA tournament moving forward, just because those are big revenue teams, and the strength of schedule has got a lot better, and and the committee is rewarding that strength of schedule. Um, but yeah, that that year that Ole Miss was on the bubble, um, really they were only on the bubble because the SEC was full of so many RPI bombs. I mean, if, if South Carolina and Mississippi State hadn't been so bad, those road losses wouldn't have been so devastating. Uh, so you have to hope that um, everyone's going to be be helped by that that better out of out of conference scheduling, better RPIs, um, and, and elevate every team's profile closer to Selection Sunday. Um, still looking ahead next year to the SEC. I'm wondering when Bruce Pearl is going to get it going at Auburn. I really know nothing about how he's recruited, so I'm not sure what he's bringing in for next year. But you got to think. Uh, I mean, year two next year. At least start seeing some some noise coming out of Auburn, right? I mean, Peril is legendary coach. Yeah, he. They should start making. That should be you know legit, legitimately competitive this upcoming year. I would think year three would be the one they. You kind of almost I mean, the only team to they beat the this year was LSU, I think, and that's Johnny Jones. Yeah, I beat him twice, which is <laughs> hilarious. I don't know. How, it, some, you just. <laughs> it's I didn't even crazy. remember that. That's so funny. It swept them, <laughs> but. Yeah, Mississippi right. State beat Johnny Jones too. Man, that's too good. Johnny Jones gonna Johnny Jones. Yeah. Um, who else but looking you, around the but conference? But you look, you look down the league. I mean, State's hired Howland, which is about as good of a big hire name. as they could have had. Yeah. Uh, Alabama wanted Greg Marshall. Give him a lot of credit for going after the big name guy. It sounds like they were a, they were a good bit ways toward having that secure, and then Wichita State ponied up and gave him three million dollars a year to stay, and he said, okay. 
Um, yeah, I every, like that. I like that move from Wichita State. Good for them. I'm glad that I agree. Uh, I'm glad that they have something they love, which is Shockers basketball, and and they'll support it. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. Avery Johnson, he uh, was a Dallas Mavericks fan. Johnson was the coach of that team and the two that went to the 2006 Finals, and they uh, blew the 2-0 lead against the Heat. For any Mavericks fan that remembers that, remembers that disaster. Of course, we got revenge five years later against LeBron and crew, but. Regardless, but a- Avery, I, mean, I, I like Avery. you were a Mavericks fan, John. Well, you learn something new every yeah, day. Yeah, I know. A- Avery Johnson, he's a good dude. He's a good coach. I like him a lot. I, the the one little thing is what, how many recruiting connections does he really have? But yeah. with that with that being said, they um, but he, as long as he hires recruiters on his staff, like Avery has an NBA presence. He was a po- he was a point or he was a guard on the Spurs '99 NBA championship team. So he's won a title with Tim Duncan, who. Is still out there, you know, defending champion now. So he he has he brings NBA presence. He can t- talk to people getting uh, getting them to the league. He just needs the recruiters to help him make the initial conversation. He should present well. So I think given I mean Greg Marshall would have been a home run, but Avery Johnson's a solid hire behind that. That being said, it is not like an I don't know. Oh my gosh, Alabama's about to become a superpower in basketball, but this should be a solid program under Avery. Uh, Tennessee hiring Rick Barnes, who depending on oh yeah, I forgot about I that. Think, that's, I think that's, Rick pretty, Bar- that's pretty good hire. Rick Barnes is a solid coach. The whole the Texas job is not nearly as good as people want to make it out to be. I don't think we've seen how their football program struggled for a few years. I mean, resource wise, you have it, but you also it seems have like they have kind of Ole Miss's problem uh, pre Ross Bjork. Some yeah, some they, administration. Issues, some maybe some people in power, the, the lost dogs and Bill Powers and all those guys. Right. And you throw you throw Mac Brown in this group. They 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 were going to ride it out till it was over. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to get out of the way and let people come in. That's kind of biting Texas it's now. Very, so very Pete Benish. Yeah, I think I think Rick Barnes will do a good job at Tennessee. That that can be one of that's easily could be one of the three best programs in the conference. They have a terrific building there with Thompson Bowling. Yeah. So. I, I, I've always thought Rick Barnes has done a good job. People get on for his NCAA uh, tournament re- tournament record, but like I said, I don't put the uh, the Texas job has as many distractions as it does perks. So I don't look at. I think he did a good job at a pro, at a good but not great program. So we'll see how that plays out. Then even go back the past few years. I mean, Frank, South Carolina has made the commitment of paying Frank Martin three million dollars a year, and then Georgia has Mark Fox, who I think Fox has done a solid job. You. He needs he he's kind of in a little bit of the same boat as, as Andy Kennedy is like they have these recruiting grounds with Fox having Atlanta, AK with Memphis, and then throughout Mississippi. They both both of them need to kind of do a little better job securing a talent pipeline, getting that that high profile NBA type player. Although we say that Mark Fox had a Kendarius Caldwell Pope, who I believe was a lottery pick a couple of years ago, so he's he had a little more success than AK. But with that being said, that's kind of. You put him and AK in kind of similar bracket there. And then the final note I have here is it'd be interesting to see who the Oklahoma City Thunder hire replaced Scott Brooks because Billy Donovan's name has been floated around that job. Mm-hmm. I have I have not followed it the past few days to see who they've actually who's actually emerged as a leader, potential candidate for the Thunder job. But I could see I could see Billy Donovan I mean if Billy Donovan was offered that job, I don't know how you say no with Westbrook and Durant, Ibaka and all those Guys, that's an NBA roster that could win a title next year, but I don't know where Donovan is on the rank list for that. So, 
if he obviously if he stays at Florida, Florida, you would expect him to have a bounce back year because everybody's going to have everybody needs a rebuilding year. But mm-hmm. if Donovan were to leave Florida, I don't think that that I could see Florida dipping a little bit just because it's not a it's always been they've done well as a program, but at the same time, I mean Billy's built that Billy's built Florida into being Florida and has really I mean he's the he's the face of that program. He's kind of the that program to Billy Donovan is kind of like Mike Bianco at Ole Miss baseball from a standpoint. He's a guy that's been there for 15-plus years and really built it into a, a steady performer you expect to win consistently. Yeah, and I mean, so I'll, I'll go ahead and one more thought before we move on to our last segment. Yep. Um, if Donovan was to leave Florida and, and go to, uh, to Oklahoma City, and then you look at everyone that Kentucky lost to the draft this year, um, the fact that they didn't get Malik Newman. Uh, I mean, the SEC is going to be, if, if Donovan was to lead, the SEC would be, I mean, about as wide open as it's been in a long time. Yeah, K- Kentucky still would have... Well, they have an maybe, edge, yes, but it's not like last year. <laughs> they only have, have like four McDonald's. Maybe they only have five, four or five McDonald's. Yeah, they only have one team. In, or only one team instead of two. Yeah, I agree. But no, I, I agree. I mean, you put Kentucky up there, but they're not going to be an undefeated contender by any stretch they'll, next they'll year. Lose so. a league, they'll lose a league game next year. There's a lot of parity in the East potentially next year behind Kentucky because who's going to emerge? Well, just, if the East existed. Well, there's no divisions in basketball. That's but very yeah. true. Yeah. Teams in the in the tradi- in the former right. East, in the football East, or the, base, the baseball. Those East. teams, yeah, right, right, right. Point. I think Vanderbilt could have a sneak up be a team next year. Oh really yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's a good one, John, because they were really coming together at the end there. They have a super and they, young and team, and they can shoot and look. Well, I guess what I was trying to say earlier is college is offense in college basketball doesn't exist very frequently these days. And if you have a team like Vanderbilt that can shoot and score, yeah. they can win a lot of and games. And they can always so. shoot. And they have a really talented center as well. Yeah. Who's so they 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 should be back. I expect them to be in, be in NCAA tournament. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good call. I think Vandy will be really good next year. LSU is going to have too much talent not to. Um, yeah. State will be interesting. The whole Howland, because Howland's Pruitt has a track record. He also went two years without getting a job. And he annoyed, and he made everybody, and he basically pissed everybody off at UCLA. So which, so are they going to get the Ben Howland successful coach? Or are they going to get the Ben Howland with the attitude and the personality issue? I think Howland's, I think he's a sharp guy, and I think he, I think he has a pretty good run at run at state. We'll see if they can get enough talent around Malik. There's a few ways it could go. They're yeah. gonna, they're gonna be right there. I really do. I really do believe that. So well, I think there'll be enough room in the SEC for good teams that they'll probably end up in the top half of the league for sure. We'll just see if they can really, you know, make it to the second weekend or anything like that. Yeah. One, I guess, wrap this up, the Ole Miss angle into this, without getting Malik Newman, doesn't really look like they had much of a plan B at point guard. So that's a – that's a concern going into next year. I mean, I think your point next year is Sam Finley, JT – no, Escobar's more of a shooting guard. Sam Finley, Terrence Davis – I mean, if he doesn't end up playing football, that that would not shock me. I I don't think that they'll do that with all the depth. Uh, he's a wide receiver. I mean, I I just I I think that Bjork and Freeze and Kennedy will get together. And uh, Terrence, you can try you can try football in a couple years, but the basketball team needs you this year, son. That's that's yeah. how I think the conversation is going to go. Just my that's thought. He's true. not going to crack the rotation in football. No, he's not. I agree with that. 
I mean, with DK Metcalf coming in, the, the, his sophomore year, it's just I don't I don't see that. If happening. he could immediately come in and play outside receiver, I still think he'd have a shot at that. Because although uh, what? I, I, think, I don't know about that, John, over Dial Harris and all those guys that can't crack the yeah, rotation. Yeah, I think now. Derek Jones is going to be a receiver. Exactly, is how good he is. We'll or see. How, or reaches his potential here, hopefully. I, I think Terrence Davis will be wasting his time to play football. He's going to get a I, ton of minutes. He's very in a depth chart, just littered with talent at receiver there. So yeah, maybe maybe you let him go out. Uh, I don't know when at summer workouts or something, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But uh, before we move on to our third segment, John has already prompted. Uh, our special message for you, which is, of course, that you should be on DraftKings.com playing fantasy right now. They're one of our partners in the Vsporto Network and Rebel Sports Radio. It's a great site. You might be familiar with it. You might not. If you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about it a lot. Um, if you're into any kind of fantasy, football, basketball, baseball, golf, uh, they have the one-day league for you. Probably not football right now. Uh, I don't know if they do playoff basketball, but uh, I don't know. Um, these one-day leagues let you in for as little as $1. There's no season-long commitments. It's not like traditional fantasy leagues. Give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. Go to DraftKings.com. Use our promo code, VSPORTO, all caps. Letter V, SPORT, and the letter O. All one word. You get 100% match deposit up to $600. DraftKings has given out over a billion dollars in prizes this year, guys. So start playing now and start winning. All right, we'll take one last quick break. When we come back, John's going to give us a recap of his time at Yankee Stadium. And uh, I think i got a funny story from Oscar this weekend. So stick with us, guys. Get your game on. Get your, get your game on. Get your game on. Get your, get your game on. Get your game on. Get your game on. Welcome to Mississippi 511. You guys ready for the game? MDOT Traffic says it's all clear. Well, let's go. Check MDOT Traffic before every game on the website, the smartphone app, or just dial 511. Wait a minute. You got the tickets? This is Dr. Stephen Cochise, and I want to talk to you about performance rehab. When you're injured playing sports or on the job, your goals should be quicker recovery times and better performance. Standard physical therapy can get you to your goal, but performance rehab goes one step further. How? Many doctors, like myself, are discovering the enormous benefits of aquatic therapy. All four locations of performance rehab offer the Aquagator Underwater Treadmill System, the most advanced, state-of-the-art aquatic therapy program in the state of Mississippi. As a physician, I think you deserve the best, don't you? So when your doctor suggests physical therapy, tell them you want performance rehab. Visit their locations in Ridgeland, Byram, Richland, or the Reservoir, or call 601-899-0002 for an appointment. Workman's Comp is accepted. Performance Rehab, the way physical therapy was meant to be. What does it mean to be healthy, to reach new heights, to find joy in the adventure? Now's the time to know you have a partner on your journey. The compassion of a cross. The security of a shield that opens doors to a healthier life. Giving you the strength to live like anything is possible. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. Woohoo! I say, sports fans. Ole Miss fans, you wouldn't want your team playing with outdated equipment. 
we don't want you to use an outdated app. Our new app has more features, more content, and an easier interface to keep you connected to your team. Go to the iTunes Store now and download the latest version of Rebel Sports Radio. Rebel Sports Radio has done the work. You prepare to play. All right, and we're back. So, John, I know you were in New York City this weekend. You got to go to a game at Yankee Stadium. Is that right? Yep, that is correct. So, uh, have you ever been before? I had never been. It was probably the probably the most excited I've been for a sporting event in a while. Especially right, so walk, probably, us, walk us through it. Take us take us through the beginning of your day, and let's hear about it. So we went down the Friday, stay with a loyal podcast listener, listener Ryan McDermott, who for people following along Maybe. at home, he might be listening. I don't know. No, he was talking about the pod. He was complimenting how. How he's done. He's trying to well, spread we'll the word. We'll see if he mentions this to us. Uh, I won't tell him it, anything if he's on the I show. Told him, I told him we'd discuss the trip here on this. Uh, <laughs> on this. So, yeah, we went out and we were typical. We put McDermott, really McDermott in any social setting with anybody. It'll be a wild experience. But we were we were, we were were ex- exceptional Friday night. We were going, so we, we got up and rallied. Yeah, I heard, I heard you were exceptional on Friday, John. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Yankees weren't the only ones scoring some runs on Woo! There yeah. he is. There he is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. All right. Back to it. Very general comment Woo! there. I love so, it. Love it. Regardless. So we That's why it's after and... dark, folks. Landshark's <laughs> after dark. <laughs> Adults only, please. So regardless. So we go get us some brunch, and we, we started drinking at about 1130 on Saturday, and we show up at the stadium. We, we, found, we found this – pre-game in a parking lot somewhere that Ryan was going, how are we going to find this? I'm like, well, there's a, I'm like, well, there's a pen in this parking lot here. And we just happened to stumble to the right right area and found it without nice. trying. So that worked out. We, Of course, McDermott is going to know people that have alcohol. So we continued our pre-game there. Make it in the stadium. We end up, we scalp our way in through a third level behind, more or less behind home deck. Kind of where the, the platforms that stick out like they can be wheelchair accessible areas but they have the folding chairs so you're not like in a seat next to somebody you kind of have room to spread out and whatnot and there was a there's draft beer about 20 feet behind us so that was a good combination what's the, what's the selection like in yankee stadium on the crowd uh you can bud light your typical counter this one had i believe it was newcastle and heineken were the two they had on draft we ended up slamming heineken the whole game which is kind of an interesting choice but yeah it worked out it, it was good i mean it's twelve bucks for a twenty-four ounce draft beer, which, if you think about it, is six dollars for a draft beer at a baseball game. That's really not that bad, particularly yeah, in New bad. York. It's really acceptable. And then mistake was McDermott goes and gets us cheese fries, which later found out the cheese fries <laughs> and all that Heineken. It it may or it may or may not have come. It may or may not have had to get a removed from the system <laughs> via. Oh my goodness! Via heaving next to a dumpster on a New York City alley <laughs> later in the night. <laughs> Oh my God! Only in New York, city of city of dreams, man. Yeah, right, so they were oh, an apology to I believe he's a podcast listener. We were planning on going back out the same same bar where runs were scored Saturday night, and then we end up. Then I was unable to continue on the edge <laughs> of a rally and failed to do so. But oh, regardless, good. to this. get to the game, so I love this. so the game it's it's Subway Series. The Mets kind of coming in with the best record in baseball. Yankees taking three out of four from the Tigers, who had had the best record in the AL going into the week. So it was a really it was a hot Yankee team. It was Met team the best best record in baseball. Uh, Matt Harvey is pitching for the Mets. I don't know how close you follow the NL, but he's a cinch, Justin. But he's yeah. basically one of the three most talented pitchers in baseball. And I like the Mets pitcher that's fat. 
Yeah, Cologne, yeah. Yeah, belly flop. I love, love that guy. Did you see do. him tag that runner out the other day? That was hilarious. Oh, I love it. Yeah. No, the, Mets are, the Mets are fun. Okay, so what happened? Subway Series. So Harvey goes out there, and he was he was as advertised. He goes eight and two-thirds. The manager wouldn't let him get the last out, which was really funny. I mean, That's, Harvey gave him a couple is, hits with two outs in the ninth, and then, like, Terry Collins, the Mets manager, is walking out to the mound, and Harvey just looks at him like, what are you doing here? That's like, it was hilarious. But he was advertised. Mets, I believe, won the game 8-2. There's wow. a, a combined four homers in the game, which is interesting. Place was sold out pretty much about 90 95% full about by the fourth inning when everybody finally got in this building. It was, really, it was a third Mets fans, too. Yeah. So it was a really cool atmosphere. A-Rod yeah. come up, and you'd have an alternating between boos and cheers for – for him, depending on you heard the you heard the Met fans booing and Yankee fans cheering. It was really a, about 60, 65 degrees, sunny. Uh, the state that stadium is incredibly nice. Like you got to got to tip my hat to the Steinbrenner family. They have made it a grand palace to essentially be worthy of a team that's won. I believe it's twenty seven World Championships. A lot, essentially. We don't know what that many championships are at Ole Miss, so God forbid we actually be able to count that high to get to that point, but. Regardless, it was a really cool, really cool game experience. Glad I got to check it off. And then we were, like I said, we, 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 you could, we, it's arguable whether we had too much fun at the game, but we never have too so, much fun, John. Exactly. But yeah, it's kind of like when you go to Swayze and you, and you have, and you, you know, you wake up the next morning like, man, I did that to myself. And then you're like, was it worth it? And you're like, yeah, that was yeah, worth it. Exactly. You just like Swayze, you can't have too much fun. Well, that's great, man. Um, sounds like a fun experience. I have only been to a couple MLB parks. I think I've been to uh, Turner Field in Atlanta. Um, I'm trying to think. I think there's one more, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. But uh, it seems like a great atmosphere. Um, definitely want to check that out. Actually, I should check the Yankee schedule because I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be in New York in June. Maybe Thurman was legitimately concerned. He goes, "Man, he goes, we, he goes, Justin, I might die when he's up here. This will be." <laughs> Because no, I'm not no. really it's all right. My, but... my mom's listening. It's fine. She bought me the ticket. Thanks, mom. It's uh, you, it's a, it's a research. You two survive living in college together, so eh, you can handle me. We'll be good. We balance each other out. But yeah, no, that sounds great, man. Um, my weekend was much more of something that I had done before. I went up to Oxford for the baseball series. Um, there was a doubleheader on Saturday, like we mentioned. Kind of a weird doubleheader. Uh, game one was at noon, and game two was at seven because of TV times. So we got out there um, for the noon game, actually walked from uh, Bedwell's house over on Old Taylor, so that's a good mile. A little hike, yeah. Good mile jaunt there, so get get the juices flowing. What'd you say? Go ahead. You burn those calories before you slam that case of beer. Exactly, yeah. So we get out there, um, and I got to tell you, I still keep forgetting that you're not out there, too, to bring the sunscreen. I just got absolutely roasted during game one. Uh, we're talking third degree burns here, but fortunately I'm, I'm recovering pretty well right now. But so I went out there, got the sunburn, watched the big 10-2 game, pretty quiet for game one, not much of a crowd. A lot of people were a double decker, um, barely any students out there. After that game, we went over to uh, a friend's house on uh, Van Buren right off the square. They had this great balcony. It was really good people watching in between games, everybody coming and going from double decker. We just hung out on the balcony for a few hours and that's where the, uh, the, the noteworthy story for the pod came from. So I saw John Krognock, you know, the Australian guy on the basketball team. He's like a walk-on. Yeah. And um, 
So apparently he could hear us talking on the balcony. He was walking on the other side of the street. I said, hey, man, that's John Krognock or whatever. Uh, he plays the Ole Miss basketball team. He's, he's 6'11". It's crazy. He looks up and he said, what? And I said, oh, man, I was talking about how you play for Ole Miss and I'm a big fan uh, and all this stuff. He was like, no, I'm not 6'11". I'm 7'1". I was like, oh, man, excuse me. I was embarrassed. It was, it was like that time I said Stefan Moody had a 42-inch vertical and it was really 46. So uh, my apologies to, to Mr. Krognock, whose name I also can't pronounce. So sorry for that too, John. Uh, I'm not sure he's ever going to actually play any basketball at Ole Miss besides the free throw he made against Delta State. But um, he is very tall with quite a wingspan. So maybe we'll see uh, some more minutes out of him next year. Uh, the second game of seven was really fun. Uh, totally packed out. Great crowd. Um, restless crowd, like I said, it was 1-0 in the 8th, but, uh, those two home runs, it was just, they were just electric, man. Um, of course, fireworks after that game, uh, for SEC night games, just really fun. Great weekend in Oxford. Um, didn't make it out to Double Decker, but I'm sure it was fun for people that are into that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's a classic weekend in Oxford. We'll be back for the state series. If you're there, look for us in right field. Um, it won't be hard to find. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody out there is drunk and pretty much the same. So, if you see us, that'd be cool. Uh, John, you're not going to be able to. You're not making it back for any baseball this year, are you? I will not be, unfortunately. But damn. Oh well, we'll get them. We'll get them next year. What about football? Uh, I'll be at the A&M game in the fall. I've actually got a plane ticket booked for that. So. Nice. All right. Well, I'll definitely, I'll definitely plan that. to see you at that one. Yep. Um, you got anything else you want to talk about from this week, John? No, I think that'll do it. We had a, you know, we got to enjoy viewing baseball as we do talking about it which is good and like i said i bet, I bet saturday night watching Sy- i mean sykes just killed that dude ball. He, I mean, that it was, was we were we were hooting and hollering as soon as it left the bat it was like oh here we go a couple of people did that that terrible move that everybody looks down upon where they threw their beers way too early i was like man i hope oh, that ball gets out of here you gotta let the ball <laughs> no i know but man it was great he crushed it and this year they play um Dropped a bomb on me when you when we hit home runs. It's pretty, oh, yeah. pretty sweet. So we heard that we heard that back to back with Sykes and Knight. And how are how are the stuff. cops and the whole new policy out there? I saw something on Twitter where somebody was complaining like they were really getting on people for heckling. Nah, is that I, is, I, it's the same as any year where you can't yell curse words really. Uh, you so you just got to not be. Yeah, it's, you just got to be creative with your heckles. I mean, anyone that's been in right field for more than a couple games basically knows what you can say and not say. And yeah, you know, you don't want to ruin the day for anybody else. It's fun to heckle, but don't be out there saying just absurd things that nobody cares to hear. Yeah, just don't be an idiot. Yeah, but I, the cops really haven't been any problem that I can tell. The interesting thing, John, is um, if you go out to right field, they only card students. So like when I buy my right field general admission ticket, they just send me straight in without a wristband, and over or under, neither one. You don't get one. But if you're really? a student, yeah, if you're a student. You have to say whether or not you're over or under 21. I don't know if so they, they enforce it at all. Yeah, so if you're, say, a sophomore yeah, that's you could just buy a ticket. Yeah, so can you just buy your yeah. way to drinking for 10 bucks essentially? Is that Absolutely, yeah. Like? But I, I think you can. I think even further than that, you can just get an underage wristband and still drink. It doesn't matter. Or, yeah. I mean, think about it. I was in there with no wristband. You can just take your underage wristband off. Yeah. That's what, I mean, I didn't have a wristband. But, yeah, so that's, that's how it is right field. Looking forward to some more baseball. Ole Miss looking for six of the next 11 if they want to make the NCAA tournament. We think, we're pretty sure, over 500 they'll be in. Um, But that's the way it stands, guys. Look for uh, Ole Miss in the Governor's Cup tomorrow in Pearl, Mississippi. Beautiful Trustmark Park. And then in action this weekend at Missouri. 
We will be back with you next week. Look for new episodes of Land Sharks After Dark on Rebel Sports Radio every Tuesday. You can visit our website if you want to. I'm not sure when the last time it was updated was, but if you're looking for old episodes, you can probably find them there, LandSharksAfterDark.com. Follow us on Twitter, SharksAFTRDark. Not too active these days, but when we see something fun that isn't maybe being circulated too widely, we'll definitely throw it up there on Twitter or if we want to we snark at somebody or something. So come hang out with us on Twitter. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Later, everybody. Later, everybody. Later, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.